Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Well, hello everyone. I love it. I love this time, and I thought I'd just share with you something that I think will hit a little close to home. Uh, Let's just play a little education game. I think we all know there are four months that have what? 30 days, right? Do you know what those are? They're September, April, June, and November. Now there's one month that only has 28 days and every four years it has 29 days and you all know what that is. That's the best month, that's my birthday. Uh, That's February. But all of the rest have 31 days. But now there's one. There's one month, the month of March, that now has 8,000 days, okay? I mean, does it feel like that? Oh my goodness. We just came through a month in the sporting world known as March Madness, and we had no idea it would be this type of madness. I mean, calling it a March Madness is kind of an understatement, isn't it? But it's, it's been that, hasn't it? These are amazing times. You know, I find it interesting that during this time, Uh, Of course, we all know that a lot of moms and dads are now homeschooling. Mm -hmm. So I I thought you'd appreciate this because uh, there's a lot been going on and we've received a few texts uh, that people have been sending in. And one dad texted, I just did 20 minutes of physical education with my fourth grader. He goes on to write, in lieu of flowers, please donate to your favorite charity in my memory. (laughs) Uh, One fourth grade boy wrote, "Uh, it's not going good. My mom's really confused. We took a break so my mom can figure this math stuff out. (laughs) But my favorite came from a parent that said, how do I get a child transferred out of my class? (laughs) I'll bet that child is like, yes, please. It's been crazy. Talk about a unique time. There's been a lot of changes. But I want you to listen to this. I think there's something in the wake of this all that we need to wake up to more than anything else. And that's our series, Closer. Closer. Talking about how cool would it be if we could get so close to God in our relationship with God that we could actually hear his voice in the way that we're doing right now, in the way that you hear mine, that we could touch each other, feel his presence, just like we are right now, as we're gathered together. You know what the answer is? We can. We can. We can experience a a relationship that's closer than anything we could ever imagine. And I think it's something in the wake of this all we need to wake up to more than anything else. Would you all agree with that? That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, but I got to say this, and I'm smiling when I say it. What we're going to talk about in this opening weekend, you ready, is the one thing we don't want to talk about. In fact, I fear that the moment I tell you the word, that all of you are going to just start clicking off. Like, you're not going to want to keep on, keep watching this, because we don't like this. This is the word we don't like, but it's the essence of what it means to be closer with God. In fact, if we don't get this, we don't get anything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, I literally mean that. 
Like if we don't get this, we, we don't get anything really of God or from God. This is the most important thing. I know you're sitting there going, what is it? What is it? I, I'll guarantee you know it. We just don't think about it. We don't want to think about it. it. It scares us. But I want you to listen to this because every great spiritual leader throughout history, every giant of the faith, every one of those Hall of Fame Christians, even Jesus himself understood this one thing. Did you know that? Let me ask it another way. Uh, if you'd like to, to know the answers to any and all of life's questions, it's found in this thing. If you'd like to really know who you are and what God specifically and uniquely has for your life, it's in this thing. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like if you could know every moment of every day exactly what God wants of you and from you. Wow, that'd be awesome. It's in this thing. If you'd like to have eternal courage to be able to be like Paul who said, I know whom I believeth and I'm convinced that he's able. It's because of this one thing. Okay, you ready? I know, I, I'm fearing that you're, you're gonna just wanna tune me out, but here it is, solitude. I, I know, and, and I, well, and thanks for, well, you're not joining us anymore. You see what I'm saying? We don't, we don't like that word, solitude. We don't even get it, but we can. And I'm believing in this moment that we will. This is gonna be an amazing, life-changing series, but boy, is this gonna be a life-changing message. Before we get into it, we're gonna look at a passage of scripture. When you hear that word, solitude, what, what, do you, what do you think of? What does that do to you? Man, for me, um, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm extroverted. So as soon as I hear solitude, I automatically want to put a defense or push back on that because I want to be around people. I want to do this. You know what I mean? I was telling my wife, and I told her this season that we're in, I just think of solitude. It's been hard for me, but it's been a lot of soul searching and challenging for me in a good way. Mm. It's tough. I'm the opposite. I love it. If I don't have my quiet time with God, I don't feel like I've had my time with God for the day. Because if I don't feel refreshed or if I don't feel like I, if I feel distracted during my time with God, then I don't feel like I had my time with God. Like I have to be super zoned in and focused on just being when I'm with my time with God. Yeah. Wow, I, that's a tough one for me just because, boy, when I, when I thought about solitude, you know, way earlier on or in, in my journey. And I thought about that. I thought about solitude to me means go be by myself. And I didn't understand that solitude meant something uh, way beyond myself. And I really didn't understand that until I hit, uh, hit this verse one day, hit uh, Psalm 4610 that said, be still and know that I'm God. And I realized, oh, wait a minute, that, that stillness, that solitude isn't just me, yeah. it's me and him because I, I, and until I really understood that, I don't think I really understood God. So solitude's me just being alone, being alone with him. Really simple. And for me, it's, uh, there's a lot of positives, but some, uh, some challenges as well, too. I'm opposite of John. I'm very introverted, so I like my alone time. Helps me recharge and just refocus on things in my life, but it also, at the same time, has challenges where you have to face your own problems and the things that you need to fix in yourself that you've kind of put off or ignored by being around other people in the world. 
And so you have to really take accountability for your own issues that you have and bringing in God with you in the solitude is how those things can change. Without God, those things aren't going to change. I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, and I have to preface while you're going there that this is a passage of Scripture I've really struggled with. It's a passage I really didn't get until recently in understanding solitude. Now, up until this point, we don't know anything about Jesus. I mean, yeah, we know Christmas, right? The birth of Jesus. And roughly when he's 12 years of age, uh, while he's in Jerusalem, it's a great parenting series. It's where his mama Mary and his daddy Joseph lose him for multiple days. It's just a wonderful moment in time. Other than that, we don't know anything about Jesus. And then he shows up in the previous chapter of Matthew chapter 3, he's getting baptized. He's about 30 years of age and the heavens open up and we hear God say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the very next thing that happens is just crazy. And, and I want to read it and we're going to look at it. And, and I want to share with you why I think we've gotten it wrong and what solitude is really all about and the power therein. So if you got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 4, and I'm going to begin in the very first verse. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. Who led Jesus? The Spirit. Spirit. Okay, you with me in this? Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, if you like to write in your Bibles and circle or highlight, I would encourage you to circle that word or highlight it. Note that word wilderness. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And that's when the devil shows up. Now, we tend to attach verse 2 to verse 1, but it should be attached to verse 3. Jesus is hungry. Okay? See, here's what I'm getting at. For all these years, I... When I would look at this passage, I would think this is why we need to follow Jesus. Because Jesus, at his lowest point in life, he's hungry, he's alone, he's out in the desert. When we think about a desert, we think of a desolate place. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, Jesus, what? Rises to the occasion. He defeats the devil. And that's why we need Jesus in our lives. But I don't believe that's what's going on at all. The wilderness is a unique place, and I want to help you with it. The word is eronymous. If you want to spell it, it's E-R-E-M-O-S. That's what the word wilderness means. Do you know what it means? It means quiet place. It means a place of solitary. Not in the sense of aloneness, but It's the quiet, it's the restful place, it's the home place. Believe it or not, you can go deeper in it. It, It's like being in your own bed after you've been away for multiple days on a vacation. Mm -hmm. There's just something about home, isn't it? it? It's interesting to me because when you understand what the wilderness is, it's not a place of weakness, okay, where Satan comes running into our lives after our hard days of work or a long day of work and or we're at our worst. It's not that at all. It's not a place of weakness. It's rather a place of strength. Mm-hmm. 
It's a place of power. It's a place of resilience. And why do I know this? Because I want you to listen to this. In, in the book of Mark, we read multiple times very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left his house, and went off to his Eronimus, his wilderness, where he prayed. In Luke, we read many times, and one verse says, Jesus often withdrew to his Eronimus, his solitary, quiet place where he prayed. In other words, the reason after his baptism that the Spirit of God led him to the wilderness is because Jesus was at his best at his Eronimus when he's at his quiet place, when he's at his solitary place. See, the Spirit knew where Jesus needed to be. So when the devil shows up, Jesus is at his top of his game. Does that make sense? And that's what Jesus does all the time. He's always retreating to his Eronimus, his solitary place, that place where he communes with God, he's alone with God. Over and over we read, the busier, the more in demand, the more famous Jesus became, the more he withdrew to his solitary place, that moment of solitude, his Eronimus, that place of rest, that place of power. Are you following how this works? And yet for us, it's quite the opposite, isn't it? I mean, isn't it just true? Oh my goodness. What usually happens with us when we get busy, when we get stretched, our place of quiet, our Eronimus, is usually the first thing to go rather than our first go-to thing. Mm -hmm. Isn't that true? Mm -hmm. So if you got your notes, I want to give you three reasons, three vital reasons, three non-negotiable reasons of why solitude, finding that solitary place, that being alone with God place, is so, so important. So if you got your notes, write the first in. Here it is. The number one reason is, it's where I learned to recognize God's voice. See, when I have that solitary place, when I get alone with God, when I go to my Eronimus, it's where I learn to recognize God's voice. See, if you want to hear the voice of God, then you have to spend time with God. Yep. True? Yep. You see, how can we hear in our soul if all we keep doing is allowing the world to keep doing all the talking. I've got to get everything away and just be with God. For example, let's just say, uh, you know, Jonathan, um, you know, the, the first time we met was over a phone. Mm -hmm. Now, you've never talked with me before, and I got your number from someone, and I, I call you up, and, and I'm like, you know, hey, Jonathan, how you doing? Because I know your name. Somewhere early in the conversation, you're going to do what? You're going to ask, who is this? True? I mean, you're going to be nice. You'll be polite. I mean, I hope, you know, but, but you're going to ask why? Because he's not heard my voice before. He has no clue. But if I call Jonathan a thousand times and the moment he picks up the phone, I'm like, hey, Jonathan, and he doesn't have, you know, my number on the phone, instantly he's going to go, hey, Keith. Because he knows my voice, right? Yeah. See, that's what happens 
When you spend time with God, you, you get familiar with his voice. Folks, listen very carefully. Voice recognition requires time. It's an alone thing. It's how you fall in love. You spend time with someone, right? Alone. It, by the way, it's how you rekindle love as well. <laughs> you need lots of time. Church, listen. Solitude is not an event. It's an experience. And the more you have that experience, oh my goodness, you just know it's God talking. So when people ask me, how do you know it's God? Well, I've spent so much time with him. I just know. I just know. I just know that I know. Listen to the words of Andrew Sullivan. There are books to be read, landscapes to be walked, friends to be with, life to be fully lived. But this new epidemic of distraction is now becoming our specific weakness. And it is a threat, not so much to our minds, but a threat to our souls. For at this rate, if the noise does not relent, we might even forget we have a soul. The noise of this modern world makes us deaf to the voice of God, drowning out the one input we most need. I mean, how do we have any kind of spiritual life at all if we can't pay attention longer than a goldfish? How do we pray, read the scriptures, sit underneath a teaching at church, or rest well on the Sabbath when every chance we get, we reach for the dopamine dispenser of noise? Those are amazing words, aren't they? You know, in the book of 1 Kings, there's a story about how God speaks to Elijah the prophet. Now, I want to set it up, and then I want to help you understand this, this most amazing thing about this story. You see, in 1 Kings, we read about Elijah going to Mount Carmel. And he's up on top and he has a, has a if you will, a moment of time with the prophets of Baal. 450 of these cats. They're key leaders. You got little Elijah who's all alone, but he's not alone. Because he's with God. And what happens in the short of the story is that Elijah calls down fire from heaven. Now think about that when you think about Jesus' baptism. The heavens open up and a voice cries out, this is my son. Well, this is Elijah's moment. The heavens open and a voice falls out in fire and fries. Talk about a barbecue. 450 of these cats, gone. It's an amazing moment. We like those moments. Therein lies our problem with solitude. Well, we don't understand it was solitude that got Elijah to that moment. It wasn't that moment that got him to solitude. We like those moments, don't we? We want those moments. Well, those moments happen in solitude. Well, let me tell you what happens. Is Elijah still hasn't completely got it. He finds out that there's a lady named Jezebel and she's got a lot of power and she's a little upset that he just fried 450 of her guys, right? So he, he leaves and he finds himself in the wilderness. You ready for this? The Euronymous. It's an amazing moment. Now God loves this guy. And so God meets him there and he sends angels. God sends angels to minister to him, to give him food and water and to strengthen him and tell him to get some rest. 
But Elijah, he's still struggling. You ready for this? He feels alone. He feels scared. Kind of sound like in the wake of this virus mm. for a lot of people. Mm. Just like Elijah. But then God instructs Elijah to do something. He says, here you are alone with me in the Euronymous, but I want you to go back to the top of a mountain, different mountain, and I want, I want you to experience something, Elijah. So Elijah goes to this Euronymous moment, and it's amazing. The Lord sends a mighty wind. The Lord sends an earthquake. The Lord sends fire. But the Bible says that God is not in any of those. His voice isn't there. I just find that interesting. But then there's a still, small voice, is what it says in 1 Kings chapter 19. A still, small voice, and that's where God was. Now, listen to this very carefully. I'm not advocating this is how God speaks. Because we just saw God open up the heavens and firefall. Sometimes God's voice is thunderous. Sometimes it's just real gentle and quiet. So this isn't an advocation about how God speaks. It's all about putting yourself in a place that God can. Mm -hmm. You see, we, we, we want the earthquake, don't we? We want the winds. We, we want the, the fire. And sometimes God's not in those. Maybe because we're looking for the wrong thing, and that's what Elijah had to learn. But God speaks. It's a powerful moment. You see, it's in solitude, being alone with God, that I... I get to learn God's voice. Let's talk about, about this. What, what does this point about solitude say to you? Uh, to, to me, it's just so important of making that time with God, like you were saying, because if I'm, the more I spend alone time with God, the more I recognize his voice. And I feel a lot of times when I hear people say, I don't hear God speak to me, or I can't hear God's voice, then that might be because we don't spend that alone time with God, that God is trying to speak to us, but we don't recognize the voice. So that just really spoke to me. The more I spend time with God, the more I know when whatever season I'm in, I know I hear his voice. And I know that's God speaking to me. Whatever season you're in, whatever that's season. what I like, yeah. Yeah, I'm always trying to eliminate the, the distractions because I can be easily distracted by noises and what have you. And I kind of liken it to when, when I call Jane sometimes and sometimes in a spot where there's a lot of noise in the background. And when you're talking about uh, uh, recognizing the voice because you've called a, a zillion times. And the call, she doesn't even know who it is because there's this noise in the background uh, that's going off and so she doesn't recognize my voice. But you've got to get that distraction out. And the same thing for me when I'm, on, when I'm on the receiving end, I can't hear God's voice if there's all the worldly distractions are around me and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm trying to eliminate those things and just to be still and be quiet. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, yeah, not just about alone time, it's about being intentional with your alone time. Yeah. Um, turning off the TV, the cell phone, um, really concentrating and meditating on hearing God's voice, reading your Bible, really trying to hear His voice, not just, you know, being by yourself and listening to music or having the TV on. So you got to be really intentional with your time um, in anything you do, really. That's really what spoke out to me. And like you said, like you said it's not about wanting to hear God, God's voice, but putting, your, putting yourself in a place where you can hear his voice. Noise ekes out God's voice if I'm going to hear him. So I'm like, ooh, all that distraction, I can hear the distraction, but it's, my Savior's not talking to me. So, You know, Jane, that is, a, that is a great statement, what you just said, because 
we've accustomed ourselves to noise. Mm -hmm. yeah. We know that, true? We can be in a room and, and the TV going and that, and we, we hear a door open or we, you know, you, you, something of distraction. We've accustomed. Yeah. Our, but to hear God's voice, that whole idea that you just shared, you know, under being intentional, mm -hmm. you know, really, really being intimate and, and focused in that moment of why I'm in this moment yeah. and that God does want to speak. Here's the second reason why solitude and, and having this alone time and being with God is so, so vital. Write this down. It's where I learn to recharge my batteries. Not only is it the place where I learn to recognize God's voice, but it's where I learn to recharge my batteries. Now, I want to read a verse of scripture from Eugene Peterson's The Message. Now, in our common language, it's a verse that says this. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. Learn of me. And, and it goes on to say, but I want you to listen how Eugene Peterson takes that same verse and, and look how he writes it. Are you tired? Worn out? Come to me. Get away with me. Alone with me. And you'll recover your life, recharging your life. Walk with me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love those words. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely. Mm. Don't you love those words? Mm. There was a song out way back in my time. This will date me a little bit. The band was called Three Dog Night. And the song was One is the loneliest number. And y'all ready for this? They were wrong. One is God's number of choice. You know why? When he's the one, you're never alone. Nope. It's not the loneliest number. It's the most exciting, the most vibrant. In fact, one with God is the greatest company I can keep. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love, I love it. One isn't the loneliest number. Now, let me quickly give you three things that happen when I'm recharging my batteries, when I'm alone with God, when I'm in solitude. Here's the first. It's where my purpose becomes certain. It's where my purpose becomes certain. Remember when I just said, wouldn't you like to know who you really are in Christ and what God has for you every moment of every day? Well, it happens in solitude. See, the more I'm alone with God, I just know that I know that I know. It's just that simple. Here's what I've learned. Any of my doing first begins with just being alone with God. Or as Richard Foster says, it's inner fulfillment. That's what happens there. Here's the second key about recharging my batteries when I'm alone there. Here's what happens. It's where my perception becomes clear. It's where my perception becomes clear. You see, I just see better when I'm alone with God. Mm. Things are just clearer. You know, it's been said, muddy water always becomes clear when you let it be still a while. Talk about muddy times right now. Mm. See, the way we face the uncertainty of this virus, of the wave of, of this all, is we wake up to the importance of solitude. Mm -hmm. 
I, I've been telling people, people ask me, they're like, Pastor, how are you doing? And I'm like, man, I'm living the dream. <laughs> I've never been more invigorated. And it's not because of, of the mountain of this virus. It's because I'm spending time with the one who owns all the mountains. I'm just being with him. And my perception is just clear. I, I've never loved being a child of God. I've never wanted to be a child of God more than this moment right now. It's just a cool place to be. And it all happens in solitude, being alone with God. Here's the third thing that happens in recharging my batteries. It's where my person gets changed. Maybe you want to write the word transformed. Let me help you with it. There's a verse in Psalm 51. And David says this. He says, O Lord, create in me a clean heart, a right heart. Okay, that's my want. I, I trust that's all of our want, right? God, would you just clean my heart? Would you make my heart everything you want it to be? But then he tells us how. Renew a right spirit within me. If you want God to create that heart, then you need to have a renewed heart. Do you know what the word renewed means? To be recharged. It means to be refreshed. It means to be revived. That's what happens when I'm alone with God. I get to check my pulse. I check my passions. I check my pursuits. I check my purity. I check my personality. I check anything that begins with P, okay? But for you see, my time alone with God is my life. Watch this. For what I give my attention to, my time to, is the doorway to my heart. Solitude, my alone time with God, is how I protect my heart where Solomon says, guard it with everything you got because it's the wellspring of your life. See, when I'm alone with God, that's where my person gets transformed. It's where it gets changed. You follow all that? That's where the real Keith, the God Keith, the purpose Keith, that battery gets charged up the way God wanted it to be charged. Talk to me about that. What does that say to you when you think about solitude, that that's where I get recharged, refreshed, revived? I think about in this season that we're in, about not being able to use busyness as an excuse anymore. Um, I think before all this virus stuff happened, it was easy to say, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I go to school full time, I work full time, and I just don't have the time. And now we don't have that excuse anymore to say, well, I'm too busy. And so now I think how my, when you say about my perception becoming clear, it's easy to say you want an immediate change, especially when you're feeling drained by all of your load that's on you. And to think, I want something immediate. I want to feel better now. I don't want to take the time to read the Bible. And I don't want to take that time to be in prayer and have to think about all the things that I have to do. But it's in that time of solitude and when you're alone with God that you're going to hear his voice. Because without turning off, you're, you're just not going to and learning to recognize that it's not always gonna be in the way that you're asking for either, about hearing, oh, in this big, loud, tremendous, and spectacular way of hearing God, but in those quiet times of being able to hear just the whisper. But you're not gonna get it if you don't have that alone, quiet time. Maybe just to piggyback on what you're saying is, you've probably heard this phrase, uh, uh, the young, young people use it more, it's called FOMO, it's called fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. But I think our society has turned that, that 
right now that people are isolated, they can't be with their friends or whatever that may be. They, they have that fear that I'm missing out on what's out there in the world. But we have it so just it's so opposite that, man, I, I have a fear of missing out what God has for me if I'm not in that time with him. You know, so that's my thing is I, I don't I don't fear of what I'm missing out out there. I don't want to miss out what God has for me in that one on one time, just me and him. Well, you know, recharging my batteries, um, especially now with um, being fearful or watching the stats go up. It's like, you know, what, I'll just go back and recharge my batteries. That's mm -hmm. and that'll just get me to that next mm -hmm. whatever the next thing is. But recharging batteries, that's the answer that I'm going to keep doing as we keep. That's a great point to get away from uh, all those uh, that other input that comes in that takes you off your purpose. And I, I, I thought about purpose right when you talked there. Your purpose becomes clear when you can get solitude and, and really listen. And hearing God, I read a book a long time ago by Willard. It was called Hearing God. And I realized I could not hear him listening to all this other stuff and listening to newscasts. And, you know, I've got to get all that, get all that out so I can truly hear him. Well, and this is why I think it's so important that we need to, in, in, in the wake of, we need to wake up to, mm -hmm. because there's so much information coming at us that can only, if you're, if you're not careful, um, it, grow the fear. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and the Bible says perfect love, his love, what, ca cast out all that fear. And the way that happens is I, I, I don't want to listen to the opinion of and the fear that's being generated. I want my faith to grow. I want to hear the truth of what really matters. Mm -hmm. And that can only happen being alone with God. Yeah, um, it's very important to you know spend that alone time to recharge, which is something I do anyway. But most of my recharging was more physically and mentally and not enough spiritually. And now that we have, you know, like Christina said, we don't have those excuses anymore. Mm -hmm. And I really need to focus on being intentional with recharging spiritually and making sure that the, I spend my time in the right things too. So like you said, um, what you spend your time in is, how, is the way to your heart, is the door to your heart. So make sure that I'm spending time in God's word and not spending time alone like on social media or watching TV or watching movies. We've been saying it in our life group, yep. um, the importance of we can invest this time or waste this time. Yep. And in the season that we're in, what an op I see it as an opportunity of we these distractions are just almost eliminated, life has slowed down. And I feel like God is saying, okay, mm -hmm. I'm giving you this time. Yeah. So I, from when I remember, I just been telling myself, I can invest this time or I can waste it. Yeah. And I wanna be able to invest this time in God and, and see what comes out of that. And I don't wanna look back and be like, man, I could have done this or I could have done that. I wanna be able to use this time wisely for the kingdom and glorify God in it. And come out of this transformed, mm -hmm. of this, especially this season. Mm -hmm. I want to feel like when it's said and done over with and we're out of this big heap of the virus, that I feel like there was a transformation and I, I didn't look back and well, I wasted all that time. Here's number three and the final reason. Solitude, aloneness with God, being alone with God. It's where I learned to reset my thinking. It's where I learned to reset my thinking. Now this is huge because the world is sowing seeds of thought. We just talked about this. Every day, they're casting seed of opinion. And, and it's coming in torrents. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. But now listen, the Bible says our ways are not his ways. Okay? Our thoughts are not his thoughts. See, thus being alone with God gets me back on track. Mm -hmm. It gets my mind reset. It, it, if you will, it gets my mind pointed in the righteous mm -hmm. direction. Listen to these words. 
I heard it said, in solitude, we find the noise of our own thoughts, strivings and compulsions to settle down so we can hear a truer and more reliable voice. I love those words. Let me tell you the problem with our mind. And, and you might want to write this down because it's really important. Here's the problem with our minds. They're not merely just finite. They're also fallen. And let me say it another way. They're not only human, they're broken. They're broken. That's why we need to be alone with God. We have this inner hard wiring. Did you know this? We have this inner hard wiring that is an hostility toward God. It just is. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. They can get consumed with being selfish, right? Hold on to grudges. Hold on to bitterness. To be ugly. To get lustful. Chase things they shouldn't. And, and our mind can get clouded. Being alone with God, if you will, resets all that. It sets it up for change. It, it resets everything about it. As Paul said in Ephesians 4, be renewed, you ready for this? In the spirit of your mind. God's spirit, if you will, resets it, renews it. You see, in solitude, being alone with God, my mind gets reset, my hard drive, if you will, reformed. I love that. It kind of gets rid of all that cash, if you will. Kind of cleans it out. Gives it a new sense of opening and understanding. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your mind and, and, and that reset, resetting of your thinking. They'd say, we think we're so smart. You know, and maybe I should personalize that. And I said, I think I'm so smart. I think I'm so smart sometimes. And then I, I, I start reading in here and I get reset in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And, and if, I can, if I can surrender that, and sometimes it's hard for me to surrender that. Surrender that and say, I think I know. Well, you know, God's got to just be smiling and saying, I don't think you know. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what I know. You know, in Proverbs, I think of that verse that says, there's a way that seems right yeah. to a man. And of course it says in the end is always death, right? What is it about us that what we think always seems to be smarter than what God knows? I think we're so influenced by emotions and like our own ways of thinking, our feelings that we rely on those things instead of knowing the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like if we feel a certain way and we think that's our truth, but then when we open up God's word and we see that it's different, it challenges us, but we... I think struggle with that pride of wanting to change our way of thinking or change or releasing, like you said, that bitterness or that unforgiveness or whatever that emotion is that we were holding on to or that feeling that we thought was our reality or we thought was our truth until it was challenged. I mean, I'll just be real. It happened to us even last night as we were, you know, it was, it was a moment of of selfishness that I had. Um, and I thought, I thought I'm in the right, because I always think I'm in the right. I thought I was in the right, and we were having a conversation. When I just spent some time alone, I had to go back and tell her, you know what, I'm sorry. I, was, I wasn't right. But it's that thing of, you know, being self, I can be so selfish that I think I'm right. But it's going, when, when I go back to the Word, I spend that time with God, it resets my mindset. Jonathan, no, you're not. You know, and we had a moment, and after that, it was just so cool to see, you know, what God did in that moment. But, um going in his word and being alone with God really resets our mind. What Christina said, the emotions, when you pair that with our arrogance and ego, 
we're very good at lying to ourselves to justify what we're thinking. And we do that all the time. And everybody has different emotions and a different perspective. So we have different ways of lying to ourselves so we can justify our perception to say that this is the right way. As I wrap this up, I want you to listen to this very carefully. There are no exceptions to this rule. We have to spend alone time with God. Mm-hmm. There's no other way around it. As, as Henry Nouwen writes, without solitude, it is virtually impossible to live a spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And solitude isn't always what we think it, it should be. Like we're in a wave right now of this pandemic, this epidemic, right? This virus. But now listen, every great person that God used, he always put them in a place of solitude where they're going to be alone with God. But let me help you that. Moses in the desert mm-hmm. spent a good 40 years there before God showed up in a burning bush. Uh, Joseph sold into slavery, mm-hmm. put into a prison. And it was in that prison that God began to use him and speak to him in incredible ways. Yeah. Daniel in a lion's den. It's an amazing moment. Yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. You remember their words? Even if God doesn't save us. Yeah. And they're in the fire and they're not alone. There's a fourth in the fire. And remember, it looks like the son of God. I love that. Elijah in a cave. How about Jesus on a cross? Folks, we need to be in a place where we can hear God. Mm-hmm. We can see God. Yeah. And when that happens, listen to this very carefully. If you want a thriving, if you want a living relationship with God, you have to find your Euronymous, mm-hmm. that solitary place, removing all distraction, just being alone with God. If you don't, You will live from the surface of your life, never from the core of his being. Everything flows from it. I don't know if you ever saw The Matrix. Came out in 1999 and uh, uh, it's an amazing show. And there's a moment in there in the beginning of the the movie uh, that Morpheus, okay, has the the young man in in his, if you will, his Hieronymus, okay? And he offers him two pills, blue pill, red pill. And, and I, I'm not going to probably get the pills right or anything like that, but let's just say he offers him the red pill. And of course, the red pill is simply this. Now watch this. I'm offering you the same. You can keep doing what you're doing, neglect the practice of solitude, make excuses, get sucked into the rat race, and you'll face emotional unhealth, at best even spiritual oblivion. And take it. Never happened, we're done. Or you can take the blue pill, the rabbit hole, and let's just see if God will be the God he said he would. I'm gonna suggest the blue pill. I'm gonna suggest it. I'll tell you this, play with me. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., There'll be a young man sitting with a cup of coffee in front of a fireplace. He'll read from the book of Psalm and read from the Gospels. 
He's going to choose to try to still himself to listen to God's voice. And God will hear his voice, sometimes pouring out, processing through some things he's struggling with. Sometimes he'll feel like he touched the Almighty, and sometimes it'll be as silent as ever. Either way, I can tell you he's just fine. Come the next day, he'll be back, same place, same time. Starting his day in his Eronimus, his solitary place. I'm that guy. That's what I'm going to be doing. I do it every day. How about you? So, did you take the red pill or the blue pill? Are you going to choose to keep doing what you've been doing, getting sucked into the rat race? Or do you want this amazing relationship with God where you can know his voice and where you're always growing in amazing ways? If so, well, you're going to have to find Euronymous, that place where you spend alone time with him. Remember what I said? This is where we learn to recognize his voice by spending time with him alone. Remember the phone call illustration? It's also that place where we get re-energized, where our batteries get recharged. You know, there's a lot of things, a lot of stuff in this world that can pull us down, can it? That can drain us. And I just love having that consistent place where I can go because it makes all the difference in the world. But finally, it's where I get refocused, where my thoughts are now his thoughts, where my thinking is crystal clear. So what's that next step for you? Whatever that is, if you want to grow in your faith, in this relationship, well, we'd love to help you take the next step. Here's how you do it. Just text JOURNEY to 313131, and one of our amazing team of pastors will connect with you. You know, one of the best ways also to stay connected during this time is through a life group. So just text LIFE GROUP to 313131, and we will help you find a group that's a perfect fit for you. God bless. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.